Good afternoon, my friends. It is Michael, a.k.a. Kazo, coming to you live from Pennsylvania. I know, I come to you live from Pennsylvania a lot. Well, it's a big state, and I happen to live here, so that is what it is. It is a beautiful day, though. The leaves on the trees are starting to change. Uh, if you pay attention to it, those of you who live in uh, colder climates uh, can see it. And it does get down into the uh, 60s, below 60s currently, though the days are high. I've seen temperatures as high as, like right now, 91 degrees outside. Whew, it, it is hot outside, and but at night it does get chilly. So you're starting to notice some of those reds and yellows and browns popping out. Uh, you know it's going to be a beautiful fall. If you travel up into New England and all the way up into Maine, you can definitely see those colors popping. And uh, it's kind of nice. A lot of people will go for road trips up into the Northeast. And just for the purpose of getting to see the colors, it can be quite a enjoyable time. You don't really get this down in the uh, Southeast or uh, deep in the well, Southern Midwest. doesn't happen. You want really spectacular colors, though? Head all the way up into the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. There, Maine, Upper New York State. Get really up north. They'll just wow you with the brilliance of those colors. So anyway, I actually didn't do this podcast to talk about leaves changing. Uh, it's not a bad conversation, but that's not why I did it. Uh, I actually made this podcast or making this podcast to talk about my daughters. It's I figure I could dedicate a whole entire, I could dedicate tons of episodes to my girls. I have three daughters to my girls and tell you all about their wild adventures. Well, let me start It's uh, and talk about, well, me and fatherhood. Uh, I never knew it. It's when I was younger, I didn't really think I'd want to be a father. I mean, it was something that probably would happen, but I didn't expect it genuinely to occur, you know, or what it would be like once it happened. I was not a very responsible uh, young adult. It's not very mature at all. And I just, I don't know, never really thought about it well, until the day it happened. And I found out that uh, myself and my soon-to-be ex-wife uh, were pregnant. It uh, started changing my life very quickly. What was I going to do? How was I going to handle this? You know, am I going to be able to keep a steady job? A lot of those thoughts go through. I'm sure many young parents' uh, minds how are they going to, well, be a parent? And what type of parent do, are they going to become? Are they going to be a good mom, a good dad? Well, I worried about it because I come from a family, uh, well, broken homes. My mother and father divorced when I was three years old. And then uh, my mother and stepfather had a very uh, difficult, I'll choose that word, difficult uh, time being married. And they split when I was in high school, and I found myself actually out on my own before I even graduated high school. It was a uh, difficult time growing up, and I knew while there were some things I probably would keep, I had been shown how not to be a father, and uh, I swore to myself, I swore I would never get divorced. I would always be there for my children, and one of the things that uh, keeps me up at night and tears me up is how I failed at that. And uh, I'm pretty sure I've talked about that, and I will talk again more about it on to uh, why 
that marriage, my marriage didn't work out, but about my daughters. So, you know, I was all excited. We didn't know the, uh, the gender of the sex of the baby. We had a boy's name picked out and a girl's name picked out. And, um, I was worried I wasn't going to be home. Now, mind you, I'm a truck driver. My career is to go all over the country. So how was I going to know where I was going to be? So I had told my boss, hey, I kind of need to stay somewhere local once it kind of gets around this time. All right. This would be back, well, May of 2005. All right. It's when my oldest was born. So I, I kind of said, hey, I want to kind of keep in the area. And they're like, all right, well, we'll kind of try to keep you within a day of home. Now, a day means I get the phone call. I could be 8 to 12 hours away from home. And some babies don't want to wait that long. All right. it's uh, Your firstborn tend to take some time, but um, I was still a little bit worried about that. And uh, one of the last times we went to the... Uh, the doctors, they told us, well, we're going to do a uh, cesarean because this baby looks like it might be 11, 12 pounds. We're like, I'm thinking, is that big? <laughs> and the, the uh, their mother's like, oh, well, that's too big. So they decided to do a cesarean and planned it out, planned it out. So uh, we had our day, and I was able to be home for it. Uh, which was pretty helpful, and we go in, and they uh, they dose with some Pitocin. It's, uh, I'm not that ignorant. At least I know a few things. And uh, it was kind of exciting. I, not the typical what I thought was typical. You know, the dad goes out in the waiting area, smokes a cigar, and wonders what the hell is going to happen with a bunch of other dads. Nope, I was there in the room, tossing and turning and stressing right along with her. It's still not knowing what was going to happen. No clue how I was going to respond to being a father and, and what this was like. In fact, I'll tell you, I was terrified because um, all I wanted to be was good enough. I wanted to be good enough of a father uh, for my children. And had no clue even who was going to pop out it's, uh, or be pulled out, as it were, being a cesarean. Well... The time came, and um, it had been uh, quite a while. It had been uh, about 24 hours of waiting, and uh, she wasn't dilating at all. And they're like, yeah, it's, um, we're just going to go ahead and do this. They were kind of playing, maybe uh, vaginal, maybe uh, cesarean. They were hoping, you know, that uh, it could be vaginal. It just wasn't happening at all. At least that's my memory of it. Maybe I'm a little confused, possibly. Uh, but anyway... There it goes off to the operating room, and they bring me in near the end. It's uh, and they're like, "All right, we're about to have the birth. Are you ready, Dad?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I remember the room was really cold, and uh, they had a sheet up, so you can't exactly see what was happening. And I was holding my ex's hand, and all of a sudden they're like, "It's a girl." And I was like, oh, wait, it's a girl. And I see them pull out, well, it didn't look like a baby. <laughs> they, uh, and I found out very quickly, you have to clean off the baby. And uh, they go ahead and they uh, clean her out. And they do a quick Apgar scale. And uh, you hear the crying. I'm like, crying's good. And uh, I'm like, they go, see, here's the baby. Uh, I have a nurse all of a sudden. I hear, we're going to take Dad out of the room right now. Dad's looking a little pale. 
and I didn't know it, but I was about to pass out. It's, uh, see the uh, little curtain had fallen down, and I could see inside my ex-wife. And that was not something that I think I had thought of at all. That was, uh, that was a lot. <laughs> it's, uh, they took me out into the hallway, and I kind of just lied down a little bit, put my face on the floor, and wow, that floor was cold. They went and got me a Pepsi uh, or a Coke. I'm pretty sure it was a Pepsi. And I just kind of lied there for a little bit in the uh, cold hallway, kind of getting my senses about me and going, wow. There's a baby. <laughs> and they brought me to a room, and they asked me if I wanted to hold the baby. And I was like, yes, because I was set. I was going to be a good father. I was going to be there and do everything. No matter how scared I was, I was going to do it. And um, so they put the uh, baby in my arms, and I looked down, and they go, do you have a name? And I did, and I told them her name. And uh, they said, wow, that's a very beautiful name. And I was like, oh, thank you. I'm it's I'm just mind boggled like wow like just uh you know I held her for a while and then they go all right we're gonna take her now and do whatever they do the nurses do and I just kind of sat there and then they brought me back to the room and it was just a wild time and that was well the birth and um that was the thing and then my second child I actually I was lucky I was able to be home I was home for all three of them and um we had uh, V-backs for number two and bump number three, and by then I felt like I was an old hand at this. In fact, I even got to cut the cord and um, on uh, the second one, and they're tough to cut if any of y'all have ever done that. They are not just easy. That's, uh, that's a tough one right there. And um, I remember I was terrified each time that I wasn't going to be good enough of a father. And uh, still to this day, it is something that I, I stress over and I worry, especially with leaving uh, their mother because, well, I just couldn't do it anymore. I tried. Lord, I tell you, I tried. In uh, every chance I get, I try to stay, uh, be there for them. Through the years, I have done everything. I have raced the clock. I've gotten in a car and I have run to them to make any school place that I could, musicals, uh, even parent-teacher night or open house night where they get to walk me around and show me the little drawings that they made. I just wanted desperately to be there. See, that was the ticket. It, it's Some dads are like, oh, I'm going to buy them nice things. And some dads like, oh, we're going to go play games. or I, Making memories. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be there. When they had anything, just even a night of not doing nothing, I wanted to be there making memories, showing them I sacrificed. I, yeah, I had a horrible job. I was not around very much. And any time I could, I took a local job, and it never was enough money, and I ended up having to leave it. But just for a few months, I was there more and uh, did my best to just be present in their lives. And I think that's the uh, thing that's the secret to fatherhood, is um, to be there, to give them your undivided attention. Put the phone down at the at the football game. The cheer, they're cheerleaders. I put the damn phone down, and when they're cheering and they're like, hey, everybody stand up and cheer with us, I stand up. I don't care. None of the other parents stand up. They're all playing on their phones or watching the football game. 
and I couldn't care about those boys running around. It was I was there for the cheerleaders, and I would cheer just as loudly with them, and I would learn the damn cheers, and I'd know how to move my arms and stomp my feet. And um, it's I even got a shirt that said "Cheer Dad." It's uh, and I I still have that shirt shirt, and I'm very proud of it. It's uh, because I want to be there. I want my children to say my dad was there to the best of his ability. He was there. And I haven't always been there. Uh, one time I was down in Texas, and uh, my middle child, I got a phone call in the middle of the night saying, hey, she went to the hospital. She was coughing real hard. And um, I was like, okay. And they go, yeah, we had, we light, they life-flighted her to Children's Hospital. And I started freaking out going, okay, I'm going to buy a plane ticket. And they're like, no, 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 you don't have to. She's okay. Well, my ex was telling me, she's okay. They were just a little worried about it. Well, I found out later uh, they had to revive her on the table, and she couldn't breathe. And it was a million times worse than she told me. And to this day, I'll never forgive her for that. And I wasn't there for that. And then uh, my youngest, uh, I got the phone call, and I'm up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I get the phone call that they were heading to uh, the uh, intensive care unit at Children's Hospital that... uh, she has type 1 diabetes, and I didn't know that much about it, and I was real scared. I'll be honest with you. I was real scared, and uh, my truck only did 61 miles an hour. I tell you what, my foot stood on the floor the whole entire damn way. I made it back. I jumped in my car, and then I flew up to Children's. I park. I run through the hospital and then stop while security guard, like, yells at me for running, and makes me check in, and then I'm up to the um, intensive care unit, and I'm scared to death. I don't know what the hell's happening. I run in, and there's the ex, and she tells me how she just fell asleep, and I drop on my knees, and I hold her hand, and I'm trying to tell her that I made it, that I was there, and she actually opened her eyes, thank God, and she looked at me, and she said, Daddy, and I was like, I made it. That was so important to me, to be able to be there when I was needed. Sorry for the tears, folks. It's, uh, I love my children, and I just want to be there. And that's about being a truck driver and being a father, is you sacrifice so much. Everybody talks about a mother's love, but not a father's sacrifice in what they do to be there for their children. And all I want at the end of the day is for my kids to know how much I love them and how much I want to be there for them. So I'm going to call it wraps because I'm just completely incapable of uh, keeping my emotions in check right now. But I want you all to think about that. And uh, hopefully uh, you understand a little bit about uh, fatherhood. I mean, I've been there for a lot and I've missed a lot. And I love my daughters so damn much. And all I want to do, again, is be good enough for them and for them to have memories of me. And uh, I'm sure I'm not perfect. I'm nowhere near perfect. But I just want to be good enough for them. So this is Michael Cazzo, again, coming to you live from Pennsylvania. Please hug your loved ones. Make sure they know you love them. And stay safe. I'll see you out here.